0: Hey, this is Ryan Tucker, and welcome to the weekly podcast, The Unchangeable Truth. Uh, we just sit down with Pastor Stephen as he discusses his sermon from Highland Park Baptist Church, and we are honored and thankful that you've decided to listen. And we ask you to go ahead and, and click that subscribe button, click that like or the follow button. And again, we are honored and thankful that you've decided to listen. So keep listening as Pastor Stephen discusses
1: his weekly sermon. Hey, this is Corey Gann. I'm filling in for Ryan today. Uh, Today we're gonna cover a two-part sermon series and one podcast. You had a two-part sermon called The Heart of an Apostle, which is describing Paul's attitude and behavior when it came to sharing the gospel. There are six different attributes you talked about, uh, and it shows how caring and gracious he was, but also how voracious he was about his role as arguably the greatest missionary of all time. Uh, So the first point that you came up with is, is a thankful heart. Uh, in almost every book that Paul writes to a church, he gives thanks to them for their faith. In Romans, Paul gives thanks uh, to God for the people of Rome and their faith that is known around the world. So as a believer today, how can we have a thankful heart and be a champion of our local church and also churches and organizations that are preaching the gospel outside of our local church?
0: Yeah, I I think the way that we view church and what church is about and what church is for? Unfortunately, we we live in a uh, we live in a selfish culture, uh, and we believe that church is all about what can I get? Uh, what are they going to do for me? Uh, how can I benefit from that? And and even as the church, that's kind of how we uh, promote things. Hey, man, come on down here. We've got the best children's ministry in the yeah. city or come over here you'll never beat our music or uh, you know usually at the end of the list they they throw a little bit of uh, you know a little bit of uh, of glory to the uh, preachers and say <laughs> oh yeah by the way we, uh, our, our pastor preaches short sermons come come over here but the so so we've we've kind of we've built, we've built this environment where church is about what i can get versus what i can give
1: yeah
0: we know that church is a is a group of called out individuals church is not a building it's it's called out individuals those who have a relationship with jesus christ coming together uh, using their giftings uh, as they worship him And as they uh, meet needs in the community so that they might earn the right to be heard, so that ultimately they might be able to share the the gospel and the good news of Jesus Christ, that uh, you uh, have a church that is on fire for Christ, then uh, I'll show you a community that is being changed for the better uh, because that church is a part of that. So how how do do we show thankfulness uh, in our day and time Well, we realize that church is not about me getting glory; it's about God getting glory, and so that way I can be thankful for for this church uh, that we're not in competition with each other. We're not sitting here saying, "Oh man, that church is—they're really reaching a lot of people, and that church is growing, and I'm jealous. Why can't my church reach a lot of people? My church grow, or you know, uh, a lot. You know, we'll even we'll even try to make. "Quote: Our church look good. We will down other churches, but mm. when we when we stop and realize, no, 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 the the goal is to reach the world for Christ. Yeah, man, I thank God that the you know this church over here they're reaching people. I think I thank God that this Christian over here who may not even be a part of my local church is uh, investing in the community." And God is using it to make a difference. So I would say, I would say that thankful heart comes from the fact of my understanding of what a church is, and uh, my understanding of what the mission of the universal church is. It is to, to share the, the gospel, and, and uh, we know that's the only hope that the world has. So it, it's really counter uh, counteractive to everything society tells you. <laughs> Uh, you know, uh, have it your way. You know, you deserve this. Uh, go. You know, it's counterproductive. It's like, no, no. I, I I've been saved, and I want to see the kingdom of God go forth.
1: And we know that happens through the gospel. So, yeah, that's that's awesome. Uh, so, so so point two is is a praying heart, and I know Paul tells us. Uh, to pray without ceasing, how how do we do that in our daily lives? Well, I would say I would say this:
0: uh, you know, if you're driving down the road in your car and you're like, "Hey, I think I'll pray," uh, it'd be a great time to leave your eyes open. <laughs> um, you know, it's not necessarily the posture of prayer, uh, but it is the power of prayer. Yeah, and it's it kind of kind of builds off what we talked about in the last last sermon, the last podcast. Uh, a relationship with Christ. I have a relationship with him. I'm ever aware of his presence with me. The Holy Spirit is guiding me throughout the day. So, so here I am everywhere I go, my best friend, Christ in me is with me. And so just like I would naturally carry on a conversation with uh, a friend or a spouse, I'm going to carry on that conversation with him. So I, uh, I'm, I'm walking down the store and I, I, I see somebody and, uh, I, I stop. Hey, how's it going? Well, you know, man, I'm, I'm struggling with this. I'm struggling with that, and uh, so, you know, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna want to pray with them right then and there. But mm. then also, you know, as I'm as I'm walking on down the aisle, picking up my groceries or whatever, I'm in conversation with the Lord. Hey, Lord, you know, be with them, bless them, Lord, uh, meet their needs, and uh, you know, all throughout the day, you'll see things or things will come to mind uh, and versus worrying about them. Let's, let's make it a matter of prayer. I say all the time, it is impossible to worry and pray at the same time. Uh, that if you're one of those people that struggles with worry, then when you feel that anxiety coming on, uh, go ahead and just say, you nah, know, nah, I'm not going to let that take hold. I'm going to, I'm going to pray right now. And uh, the moment you stop praying is usually when the worry comes uh, about. So, uh, yeah, I think it's just that relationship, understanding Christ is with me. I don't have to be in my prayer closet to talk to him. I don't have to be at my church to talk to him. I don't have to be down on my knees to talk to him. I don't have to have my eyes closed to talk to him. It is that ongoing relationship
1: and uh, conversation that I have with him throughout the day. Yeah, I think an important thing to pull out of that, because I forget so many times I'll say, yeah, I'll pray, pray about that. And I forget. So to stop with him and pray right there.
0: Yeah. The uh, Hey, and I'll share this story with you. So uh, I had a good friend of mine and his wife. Uh, they came uh, a couple of months ago. They, they flew in here to Panama City and they were going to spend a, a week at the beach with their family. And uh, she has terminal cancer. Mm. And uh, because of COVID and the rental car situation and everything, they were having a hard time getting a rental car. And, you know, he contacted me and said, hey, could you... uh you think you could help us find a rental car? Because we can't, they're all booked up because a lot of the inventory they, they let go by, the rental car places did because people weren't traveling. And I said, hey man, there's no need to get a rental car. We've got uh, we've got uh, an extra car at our house because one of our daughters is off doing some summer work. And how about you just take, take one of our cars for the week and you could save that money. And they were very grateful. So, so we dropped it off to them at the airport. And when the week was over, we met them back at the airport and they were flying back home to Cincinnati and, and, uh, the husband and wife got out of the car. And, uh, and so, uh, I said, Hey guys, let, let me pray for y'all before you go in the airport and get on the plane and, you know, prayed with them for a while. And so, uh, the next week, uh, my friend calls me and, you know, thanking me again, man, it was so generous. We just appreciate that. And, and he said, uh, so last night, he and his wife were sitting there, and, and again, we're talking terminal cancer, that unless God does the miraculous and intervenes, she she will go home to glory.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And he said, we were talking, and I asked her, hey, so what, what were some of your most favorite parts of our trip? And they stayed at a great house, beautiful location, all their, you know, their kids and grandkids were able to come down and... Um, anyway, he said that she was, uh, remembering the week. She said, can I, can I tell you what really was one of the most memorable things that meant so much to me is when we were standing out there at that airport with all those people unloading, getting out of cars, going in and going out. And we were just standing there and, and you know, Stephen was praying with us. Hmm. And, uh, and what I thought was, you know okay this is not that big of a deal um wow uh you know if it, of course we know power unlocks <laughs> the uh uh the supernatural mm-hmm. uh but but not only that but just how how that very action within itself ministered to her 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 soul in that time and I'm kind of like you Corey I'm real bad about hey, hey hey I'll pray I'll pray for you about that and I'll even sit there no no okay no tell me their name you know let me write mm, this down yeah. versus you know what? let's just stop and pray right now. Um, Let's do that right now. And so, uh, um, you know, I've asked the Holy Spirit, eh, keep that on my heart. Uh, Because, again, you never know what a, you know, at the chip aisle, (laughs) at the grocery (laughs) store, hey, can I I just stop and pray with you right now? Yeah. Um, How that might minister to somebody at that moment at that time. I've had very few people in my life tell me, no, I don't want you to pray with me very few mm-hmm. uh, even even the hardest yep. hearts will usually say okay yeah yeah you can pray for me um, so yeah I would
1: agree with that a praying yeah. heart we see that in uh, in the life of Paul and do you feel like we as believers these days have forgotten how powerful prayer can be well I think
0: the very fact that you asked that question you know what the answer is yeah uh, wholeheartedly we have I mean we I, we believe in prayer we just see it as a last resort yeah let me try everything else <laughs> yeah. and then i'll pray and uh, and i'll even sit there and i'll i'll shoot texts to people hey just want you to know we're praying for you uh is there anything else we can do uh, almost like yeah, yeah yeah we'll do the prayer thing but now is there anything that we can put our hands on and um and so i i don't know i just think it's ingrained in us a mm-hmm. constant battle against that flesh of uh, it's almost like this American culturized Christianity to where uh you know you've got to you've got to earn it mm-hmm. you've got to yeah yeah salvation is faith in Christ plus pull yourself up by your bootstraps Yeah pull yourself up by your bootstraps 100% yeah you know you want to work hard and you know we value that as Americans and again I mean the Bible even says that if you don't work you ought not eat yeah <laughs> absolutely we should have a a hard work attitude about us but Uh, The spiritual realm, we have to understand that uh, the Bible makes it clear. The only reason this happened is because of prayer and fasting Mm -hmm. had nothing to do with your power or your ability or your strength. Um, And matter of fact, the Bible even says, right, the opposite. The Bible says you want to know when he's his strongest, when you're your weakest um, and so basically when I, you know, I read that, I'm like, okay, my weakest is when I'm driven to my knees and I'm like, you know what, there's nothing I can do that if I could have done something, I would have already done it. If, yeah. if I could, if I could, uh, change a situation or anything, I would have already uh, utilized what I have. And so may it not be, it's the last resort, but instead may it be, Hey, this is, This is the most important weapon I have. It's going to be the first thing that I do, right? Before I watch Dr. Phil, (laughs) uh, before I read an Osteen book, whatever it may be, man, I'm praying.
1: I'm praying. Yeah. Okay. So the third point uh, you have here is a submissive heart. And to me, this is a, uh, uh, I want to use the word dangerous because we see, uh, Submitting to the will of God is an absolute sacrifice, because for Paul and most of the disciples, it meant death. Um, I was reading a story the other day about uh, Adoniram Judson, who's a famous missionary, and he wrote his uh, future wife's father and said, "Hey, I want to marry your daughter, but you'll probably never see her again." So, these submitting to God's will is is a is an absolute sacrifice. So, um, how would you tell the people? Uh, to do this and that this could mean you're having to move overseas or, you know, something like that. How does, how does that look in our church?
0: Well, again, it's, it's, it's counter-revolutionary to culture. Uh, We've allowed uh, the selfish mindset of this world to enter even into our understanding of, of Christianity. Uh, For instance, What's God's plan? Well, I don't know all the specifics. I just know the end result. God's plan is that I'm comfortable and happy.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, no, no, that's that's not really God's plan. Uh, God God's plan is He wants you to be holy, and He wants to get glory through your life. That's that's the plan. Uh, and uh, and again, I have to be careful because I mean, yeah, I mean, uh, does God desire? you have happiness? Sure he's a good good father. I mean what father would not want you to be happy? I just think unfortunately we we are still battling the flesh and we have a faulty understanding of what genuine happiness is. you know genuine happiness is not living in the right neighborhood or <laughs> you know driving the right car or your kids are in the right private school. Uh, I mean some folks that have all those things are the most miserable people in the world. Mm. And so I would say, you you know, your will be done. Your plan for my life, God, I want that to be done. Is uh, yeah, that may it's going to probably cost me something because God's plan again is going to be something to where He is going to get great glory, and it's going to it's going to be uh, it's going to be counter to what culture and society and all those things say. Um, you know, God, I, I remember. Um, you remember the rich man was talking to to Christ, and he's like, uh, you know, hey, what do I have to do? What do I have to do to go to heaven, or what do I have to do to uh, uh, have eternal life? And Christ said, hey, here's what you do: go sell all you've got and come follow me. <laughs> and the scripture says that he went away very sad because he had great wealth. Mm. He could have, it, Christ knew Christ, Christ didn't need him to do that. Yeah. I mean, Christ, but Christ knew what, what is this God? What. What is the priority in his life? And so it can look many different ways for us. So, um, a submissive heart is anywhere, anytime, any place, God, whatever you want, whatever you want. Uh, I was talking to a friend of mine, not, you know, a few years back and, and uh, his 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 child had surrendered, or his, you know, it was an, uh, a young adult child surrendered to be a missionary, and they were headed to a, uh, a you know, a difficult region of the world, uh, not the safest place. And somebody asked him, "So what? What do you think about this?" And uh, his response was, "I mean." It was Perfectly biblical, he said. You know what? I'd rather be them there, in the center of God's will, than living next door to me out of God's will.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, good. to me, that's what to me that's what Paul's saying. Yeah. Uh, you know, man, I my I submit my heart to the plan that Christ has.
1: Yeah, and I think that's where uh, you know the the prosperity gospel has gotten off. Is there is there is no give. Oh, you said the it's... p word. <laughs> It's
0: all take. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's all take. It's all take because, again, God is my genie in a bottle. Yep. You know, God wants to give. God wants to give. And you got to sow that seed because if you sow that seed, then all of a sudden you're going to have a mighty, mighty harvest. Mm. Uh, well, what if it's a situation where God says, yeah, I want you to give that up and trust me <laughs> to meet your daily needs? Yeah. Who? I mean, you and I. Corey, you and I both have, uh, we've ministered among some of the uh, uh, poorest people in the world Yep. and uh, have, have been right there in South America in the Andes Mountains and people legitimately living in huts that did not know when they went to bed, whether they would have food the next day, it was only what they themselves could, could raise, produce, whatever. And uh, there were days that they would, they would go without food. And, um, and you talk about strong faith, unbelievable faith. And uh, so uh, the prosperity people would sit there and say, well, undoubtedly their faith is not that strong because you know, they don't have all these earthly material goods in their life, uh, and I would say, yeah, they're not—they're not held hostage by these earthly material goods yep. in their life, uh, and they would
1: say that they're probably some of the richest people in the world. Yeah, I think I can remember back sharing the gospel on the side of those mountains with you and. Uh just seeing when we tell people about Jesus and he died for them to give them eternal life and just their eyes light up. Somebody actually did something for me because they have probably never been given anything in their life. So that was just an amazing opportunity. All right. So number four, you had a, you talked about a giving heart and, uh, in your sermon, you talked about, uh, that Paul is talking about bringing them spiritual gift. And, you know, you mentioned that we're not talking about, uh, uh, you know, speaking in tongues, that kind of stuff. We're talking about a spiritual gift of salvation. So can you go into that a little in a little more depth?
0: Yeah. Um, you know, basically he is, he's stating, I'm going to bring you a gift. It's not going to be a material gift. Uh, in in verse 12, he he even says that I may be encouraged together with you by the mutual faith, both of you And me, and so what? What he is saying is, I'm going to come and I'm going to uh, encourage you. Uh, I'm going to give you a gift that's going to strengthen you, and then you're going to do the same for me. You're going to encourage me, and that is going to strengthen me. It's uh, it's it's kind of that gift of encouragement, but again, it is counter revolutionary to the culture that we live in because. You know, when we think of, when we think of gifts, it's usually not about giving, it's about receiving. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, Jesus over and over again, basically says, Hey, listen, it's, it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. And so here is Paul, I'm going to come to Rome. I long to come to Rome and I'm going to give you something when, when I, when I get there. And, uh. Basically, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you an encouragement because of the salvation that that I've received and and you have received as as well.
1: Yeah, you know, I was reading up a little bit on the Roman Church where I came in here, and they were talking about how uh, in the beginning of Christianity there wasn't a whole lot of persecution in Rome, but there was in the sense that they wanted them to worship Jesus and um, Caesar. So. You know he's coming to give him this encouragement, which I'm sure they they needed desperately uh, during that time. Um, so let's see. Uh, so now we're on to number five, and this is uh, this is if there was one word to describe Paul, I would say it was the word relentless. Um, and so this this next point is the relentless heart, and uh, I think if you look at the end of Acts, when Paul is going through all these uh, legal battles that we see. Um, there were a couple times where he could have probably gotten out of going to Rome, but he, you know, God told him you have to go to Rome. And so he appealed to Caesar. And so he was going to Rome no matter what then. Um, So it was his relentless heart to get to Rome, to share his encouragement and the gospel with these people in Rome. So how can we have that kind of heart today? Well, the,
0: it kind of goes back to that that whole servant heart or that whole uh, submissive heart,
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah. And the so the way that Paul ends up in Rome is in chains as a prisoner, and so most of us uh, we would we would sit there and say, okay? Are you kidding me? So I'm gonna I'm gonna go to a city. Uh, God, please get me there. I, I believe that you're calling me to take the gospel there, and." What you want you want me to go as a prisoner? You want me to you want me to spend time in prison so that the gospel might get so so again it, it kind of boils back to that point that was mentioned earlier: a submissive heart. God, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna submit to your plan to be used by you, uh, because I understand the gospel is the most important thing that that I can do, that I can share. Uh, you know, uh, we'll, we'll sit there and I'm guilty of this as well. You know, we'll 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 look at a mission trip and planning it. And, uh, you know, we're going to head off to a third world country. And then all of a sudden something may happen. Uh, we're you know, we're getting ready one time to fly into a country. And the day before there was a coup <laughs> Yep. And the military, took over the airport. And we're like, all right, look, we can't go down there right now because of this. Um, and, and I think we made the right decision. We ended up going the next week, but uh, I can't see Paul sitting there saying, uh, all right, hey, well, let's, let's put the schedule back just a few days because there's something <laughs> bad going <laughs> yep. on. Um, so um, I, the gospel is not secondary to our lives. Mm-hmm. The gospel is not secondary to our comfort. The gospel is to be a, a priority. And I think, I think that is missed by so many who profess to be Christ. You know, it's a sad, I I don't know, I saw the stat not long ago, but um, uh, I think uh, within the denomination that we're a part of, uh, the Southern Baptist Commission, or or Southern Baptist Convention, or the Great Commission Convention, whatever the case is, whatever you want to call it, it, this past year, I think it took like 144 Southern Baptists to lead one person to Christ soak that in for a moment the greatest message that we have the greatest thing that's ever happened in our lives and i'll have folks that'll say well you know god's the one who does the saving 100 percent, god's the one who does the saving (laughs) uh but i can tell you what he's probably not going to use you to spread the gospel if you never share the gospel (laughs)
1: yeah
0: uh so relentless yes he was not going to allow even the smallest thing to detour him from getting the gospel mm-hmm. to, to Rome. And, uh, and I would say that's every, every essence of his, of his
1: life. Yeah. When he was stoned and all that kind of stuff. Definitely... Yeah. How
0: many times would it take for us to get <laughs> once to get stoned? And, and, you know, and we do have some folks that are listening out on the West coast. We're talking about <laughs> rocks getting thrown at us, um, rocks getting thrown at us. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, anyway, yeah, our West coast folks will <laughs> hopefully find some humor in that. Uh, yeah, how many times would it take for us, uh, even our families, to be like, "What are you doing? Yeah, whoa whoa, 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 stop, stop! Can't you just calm down just a little bit? Don't be so uh, loud and just chill out? I mean, you pray for them. Just quit talking about it. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, relentless. Oh so God, give us a relentless yes. heart to where the gospel is preeminent. In all that we do, and I know there there are folks out there. I, mean, I would share my faith, but it cost me my job. Mm. Um, and hear me, I'm not saying I'm not saying lose your job. Um, but man, I'm so thankful for men and women before us who did not have that mindset. Yeah. Or or we may have never heard the gospel.
1: Hmm. Um. So. So point number six here is an obligated heart. And the scripture you're referring to is in verse 14. and It says, I'm a debtor both to the Greeks and the barbarians, both wise and the unwise. So who, who today are we obligated to? And, and what is he meaning by it when he says this?
0: Well, yeah, in, in, in the context of the scripture, you know, when it comes to uh, the Greeks, the barbarians, uh, they, you know, they would call them the the barbarians because, as I mentioned in the sermon, uh, a- anyone who didn't speak Greek, to the Greeks it sounded like they were saying bar, 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 bar. And so they just, they <laughs> called them barbarian. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, to the Greeks, there were only really two classes of people, the Greeks and the non-Greeks. And again, uh, kind of a... Uh, a negative term, the Greeks and the barbarians. And so Paul's like, I'm obligated to, to, to both because everybody needs to hear the good news of Jesus Christ. And so today we would say, I mean, that could apply to so many different things. We could say, well, I'm obligated to those who are receptive of the gospel and those who are not receptive to the gospel. To share the good news of Christ, I'm obligated to uh, Americans, right? Those uh, uh, we know, the United States of America, the Christian, great Christian country that we are. <laughs> um, and if we think America is a Christian country, then we are we are foolish. Founded on Chris, Christian principles, yes. Um, uh, not not Christian uh, in nature today, mm-hmm. but everybody. Everybody would fit the bill of Greek and barbarian, uh, so I, I'm obligated to them all. What do I mean by obligated to them all? Well, I'm obligated to share the share the gospel of Jesus Christ with them, and you know he was also kind of giving giving credit to those who had helped him, uh, Greeks and non-Greeks. Uh, so people like him, people not like him. I mean, again, it can it can. It can overflow so many different areas there. You know, people of my own skin color, people not of my skin color, people of my culture, people not of my culture, people of my background, people not of my background, wealthy, poor, whatever the case may be, what is the thing that unites every single individual, our need for the gospel of Jesus Christ, our need for a Savior. And so and so, when it comes to uh, gratitude or grateful heart, uh, I would say many folks that are probably even listening to this podcast are followers of Jesus Christ. And so you've kind of settled the issue of eternal life. Uh, I would I would kind of look back over your life and who are those people that God used in your life that played an instrumental part in your salvation in your spiritual growth in getting you to where you are today. Uh, I mean, naturally, the Holy Spirit played the greatest part, but God God works through people. And, it you know, who who is it that shared the gospel with you? Were you raised in a home with parents who at a very early age made sure you understood the gospel of Jesus? Uh, was it a spouse? You know, who is it that got you, invited you to come to church for the first time and you, you heard the gospel of Jesus? And then who is it that, that kind of sowed into your life? As a young Christian maybe said, hey, come along, let me— let me let me let me share with you how you how you embrace this and how you grow in your walk with Him. You know, it's kind of it's kind of funny. It's sad, but it's funny because uh, we say one of the worst things that we do so many times for brand new Christians is we plop them down right in the middle of people who've been Christians for a long time, <laughs> and uh, they're like, "Hey, hey, hey! You're way too excited. Calm down. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey, hey! You know this thing's not a sprint; it's a marathon. <laughs> Just chill out." You don't want to be a Jesus freak. No, no, no. Here's how we do things. Um, oh God, give us the fervor uh, that a new believer has mm-hmm. before he gets around the cold Christian who tries to chill him. And uh, so, I would encourage anybody listening to sit there and just say, you know what? I I, I want to communicate to those that God used in my life. Thank you. Mm. Shoot them a text, send them an email, write them an old-fashioned card or letter and just call them. Hey, I just, it's been a long time since I've said, or I've never said, thank you for being faithful uh, to the good news of Jesus Christ. Um, So to me, that's a heart of gratitude Mm -hmm. uh, to be able to do that. So I think it'd probably benefit all of us because here's what it also does. It also will affect our evangelism because when we express gratitude for folks that God has used in our lives... It helps us go back to the point where we remember what it was like to be lost. And when we remember what it's like to be lost, then it creates a uh, a burden in our soul and a an intentionality about us. Hey, there are people in my own life that if I'm not faithful to be a bearer of the gospel,
1: mm-hmm. then um, will they hear the good news? Yeah. If I can put you on the spot real quick, do you have a person that comes to mind when you think of that?
0: Yeah, that well, and, and there are many different areas yeah. in my life. Clearly, I'm I'm so thankful that I had uh, that I had parents that I, I can never remember a time in my life where uh, the gospel of Christ was not made known, and uh, you know I had parents that taught me the importance of reading God's word and the, you know, the importance of prayer. And it didn't just teach me. I, I, they modeled it before me. And uh, and I'm so thankful for that. And uh, then when it comes to, you know, God's call in my life and the struggle that I had with, OK, as he called me into full time vocational ministry. Uh, I think of a, a Dr. John Adams, who um, uh, was a an interim pastor, and he was also a, a professor at a uh, at a Baptist college there in West Tennessee. And you know, I, I went to him, and I'm like. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what I, you know, I would even sit there, man, maybe, maybe I'm dealing with this burden because maybe I've lost my salvation or, (laughs) you know, maybe, uh, maybe I'm not truly genuinely saved. And, um, and so he helped me work through all those things. And, you know, even when I started pastoring my first few churches, he was just a phone call away. And then, and then as God has allowed, uh, you know, has given me more opportunity and, uh, our church has grown and it's gotten larger and larger a lot of those men that were in my life uh, when i was pastoring smaller churches you know I, i'll call and ask or i would call and ask and they're like man i've never had to deal with anything like that i've never <laughs> been a part of a larger church i don't really know and then it's amazing how god just brings people into your life yeah. uh you know pastors that um, are mentoring me that are in my life right now that that genuinely uh, uh, so into me so uh, but as far as salvation within itself, man I would say mom and dad mm-hmm. I'd say Sunday school teachers and I cannot emphasize emphasize the importance of bringing your kids to church mm-hmm. uh, well I mean well, you know my 16 year old really doesn't want to come and if I make them come, then all of a sudden when they're older, they'll rebel against it and they, they won't come. Take that chance. Yeah. Take that chance. No, make, make, make them come so that they may be exposed. And at least here, because Christ promises his word will not return void.
1: Mm-hmm. All right. So thank you, pastor Stephen, for today. And, uh, going over this, this uh, scripture today, Romans one, seven through 15. And, uh, just thank you for your time. And, uh, Thank you for listening, and tune in next week. Hi,
0: this is Pastor Stephen Kyle, and I want to thank you today for listening to our Unchangeable Truth podcast. Our prayer is that you have been challenged as well as encouraged as we study God's Word verse by verse. If you're ever in the Panama City area, we would love for you to come and worship with us in person at Highland Park Baptist Church, 2611 Highway 231 North in Panama City. If you want to learn more about our ministry and about our church, we would encourage you to go to our website, and that's park org. If you have any questions or any comments about today's podcast, feel free to shoot us an email at info at highlandpark.org. That's H-I-L-A-N-D-P-A-R-K dot org. Our prayer is that you would continue to draw close to God. And if you don't know Christ as Lord and Savior, please reach out to us and let us share with you the greatest story that's ever been.